today's episode of the gold cast is sponsored by these are these are actually really important organizations that i think we should all know about so the first one is uh in honor of solomon thomas and his sister's tragic suicide last year it's called the overnight.org it takes place in san francisco june 8th 2019 and Solomon Thomas will be walking 16 miles to help raise awareness for suicide prevention. So if you go to theovernight.org, just donate a buck. I mean, you know, whatever you have, any any amount counts. It, you know, no amount is too big or too small. But Solomon Thomas is walking to raise awareness for suicide prevention, suicide prevention programs, June 8th, 2019, theovernight.org. Org. The other one is by Kevin O'Connor. He's an NBA analyst for TheRinger.com. And he, after his father was diagnosed with cancer, has started a, a fundraiser called DunkOnCancer.com. And this, basically, they're going to be donating money for every dunk that takes place in the NBA Finals. And I figure since the Golden State Warriors are in the finals and they're here this is something that all the gold cast nation can participate in and just donate a dollar donate five dollars ten donate 50 cents whatever you have i'm going to be pledging something really simple that i think is achievable for most people i'm going to be pledging a dollar for every single dunk that happens in this nba finals towards dunkoncancer.com so every dunk that happens in the NBA Finals, I'm going to give $1 to Cancer Research. Now, you don't have to pay till the very end, and you can even change the amount that you want to pay uh, at the very end. So I think these are two awesome organizations that are just doing something good and using the power of sports to do it. And Solomon Thomas, who's been doing the media rounds pretty heavily the last couple of weeks, his organization is theovernight.org. And then Kevin O'Connor, who's an excellent, excellent NBA analyst, has started dunkoncancer.com. And one is for the 49ers, the other is for the Golden State Warriors. So if you have just anything, even just a buck, donate to both these organizations to help raise awareness for suicide prevention and then cancer research. I think these are awesome organizations to be a part of and well worth all of our time. All right, here we go. The Goldcast is back. We're back, baby. I'm going to do this episode. It's going to drop. You'll be hearing it Wednesday morning. And then I will be back Thursday night after Game 1, Warriors, Raptors, instant reactions. I will be back. There'll be two Goldcasts this week. This week, we're going to start, though, with our 49ers. Our Warriors, it's heating up. It's the final round. But all my 49ers, all my 49er faithful knows that this means that we are slowly going to begin bringing our attention back to the faithful, to the 49ers. We're going to talk about injuries. We're going to talk about Solomon Thomas. And then, of course, we have to do an NBA Finals preview. It's here. Game one is upon us. Your professor of fanalism is here and classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Here we 
Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We're at the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. The Latino Lando is in the building. Let's go get them. It is time. Wow. You know what it feels like today? It feels like we're on the cusp of San Francisco's annual drive, annual drive towards another championship ring. See, because in San Francisco, what we've done almost every single year of this decade is win a championship ring, two back-to-back dynasties, a Super Bowl appearance. San Francisco is just on lock. I know that in the greater news, what do they do? What do they what do they do outside in the national media, right? They talk about the dynasty of Boston. But if anyone's been keeping count, the most successful sports town in this country is San Francisco, the Bay Area. The Bay, Bay, Bay Area. Right here. This is the most successful sports town in the country. In the United States, greatest nation in the world, number one city, number one sports town is San Francisco. Let's go. We are on the cusp of that. But before we get to that, we're going to save that for the end. I really want to talk about some 49er news. So the first one, this all occurred last week. Nick Bosa, hamstring injury, out for three weeks. Am I the only person that's a little worried about this? Am I the only person that is a little worried? This was followed up immediately by Jimmy Ward. Broken collarbone. No timetable for his return. I know it's only two guys, but we're not even in full contact right now, and we already have guys down. I This team, this team has been riddled with injuries for so many years. And you know what it started? It started in Harbaugh's last year, 2014. You remember that? That was the year I think 12 Niners went down. It was just, it was the year from hell. Harbaugh's last year, and similar to, oh man, I hate, I didn't even make this comparison until I said it right now. Similar to like Kevin Durant's last year, there were murmurs the whole year that Harbaugh was leaving and you had a fan base that was like, there's no way, there's no way Harbaugh's going to leave. But even just to make matters worse, the team was so beat up and every single year we have just been ravaged by injuries, just ravaged. And even though this just freaks me out, and I hate to say it, like I've got PTSD off of football injuries. I'm, I just assume everyone's going to be dead halfway through the season. This is just what we're, I've been conditioned to believe after all these years. So when I see that Nick Bosa's out for three weeks, the guy already was injured all of last season, and now he's got this injury, and we're not even at real competition yet, I have to admit, man, my spidey sense goes up, goes, oh my God, are we here already? Jimmy Ward breaks his collarbone. How do you break his collarbone? They're not even tackling. And I really feel for Jimmy Ward. I feel for all of our 49er players. I want all of our 49er players to be on the field playing, but holy moly, really hurt again? And here's the hard part. This is what's so tough. Because as a San Francisco fan, I get to sit here for three weeks and just spout 
all this positivity about the Golden State Warriors, just how amazing this run has been, how incredible a journey this has been, the the historical nature of what they're doing. This is literally one of the greatest runs in basketball history. And the most I, I want out of the 49ers right now is just like some little bit, like, a, you know, we were talking last week, oh, Jalen Hurd, really good. Oh, Debo Samuels, really good. Like, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about injuries. How are we having injuries? It's OTAs. How, how are we having injuries? I, I don't understand. There's no tackling. So that was really frustrating and very alarming. We we recently acquired the strength and conditioning coach from the Philadelphia Flyers, who was uh, was a hockey is a hockey team, and I was pretty excited because apparently he had really good stats over there in the NHL. And apparently he was supposed to bring a sense of just consistency, normalcy to this. That's a high-impact sport, arguably more high-impact than the NFL. Guys are on skates. They're coming at you 15 to 30 miles per hour faster. So this is what I thought that was supposed to bring. And I understand that he's brand new and it's unfair to go, well, this is this guy's fault. It's not anybody's fault. The 49ers have been injured for five years straight. It is nobody's fault. It is no, no coaching regime's fault this is just what has been happening if anything i would say it's a the only blame you can really put is on the strength and conditioning program but this has been occurring since 2014 can the injuries just stop oh my goodness i'm not even confident jimmy g is going to play a whole season i'm not confident i am just so conditioned to believe that everybody on this team is going to tear an acl it is it's overwhelming it was overwhelming to hear that it was overwhelming to read that that Nick Bosa and Jimmy Ward were both down, you know, this month. It was just overwhelming. Please let the injury gods stop beating us. I don't know what we did to Lady Karma, but Lady Karma, you need to go focus on somebody else. It's a little too much. Listen, I got a little, I said last week, I got a little S and an F that pumps blood into my heart. Well, I didn't mention this. It's the size of a baby bird's heart. It's a baby bird heart. So don't put don't put pressure on this baby bird heart. It'll explode. Explode like, like that little bird in Shrek. It'll explode. Okay, so stop it. Next up, Solomon Thomas has been making the rounds. Have you heard this guy? He's everywhere right now. He is literally everywhere. I, for one, am inspired by it. He's been really open about the fact that the tragic tragic suicide of his sister Ella Thomas last year really did a number on him and what do you expect what do you expect when you deal with something like that I can't even imagine I've never gone through something like that I hope I never do but I cannot imagine the psychological devastating effect it's had on Solomon Thomas not to mention the fact that this is a player that has been routinely described as a player who's playing out of position on the 49ers what do you expect and it does really seem like given what, what the 49ers have put together, that this year might be an opportunity for Solomon Thomas to play at the position he was drafted for and play at the psychological level that he's ready. He has been making the rounds, and I have to admit, man, he's kind of selling me. I think I, I think I speak for all of 49er faithful when we say, I want Solomon Thomas to play at the highest level. Let's go. Let's go. This is awesome. I love that he's motivated. I love that he's excited. I love that he's here and he's ready and he feels like this is his time and his year to break out. So go for it, Solomon Thomas. 
this basically, for me, this is just like a, hey, I support you, and I feel like I speak for all 49er faithful. We just want to see you compete at the highest level, man. So just do your thing. Do the damn thing. Remember, folks, don't forget, check out his check out the website, theovernight.org, where they are doing a overnight walk 16 miles to raise awareness for suicide prevention, which I think is awesome. I will be donating money. So if you can too, please do it. I think it's a great opportunity for the faithful to show their support of a 49er player who I'm hoping we see take the leap. So here's to you, Solomon Thomas. Take that leap. All right. Here we go. The results are in. Toronto, after losing two straight games to the Milwaukee Bucks, is headed to the NBA Finals. Remember when we talked back after Game 3 and I told you guys that I was really genuinely unimpressed with both teams? I was like, if this is the offense that they're going to be presenting, I, I, I just don't see a way for these, these two teams to win. Kawhi's effort this entire postseason has been incredible. He has lifted that Toronto team. There were times where I felt like I saw that team wanting to give up, wanting to lay down and die like they've done every other year. And I have to tip my hat off to Kawhi, man. I love Kawhi. I love Kawhi Leonard. My mom, for some reason, this is so weird. I don't even know how this works. She's told me the story like twice, but I always forget. For some reason, my mom is like a really diehard Spurs fan. That's like her number one team is the Spurs. So I've been rooting for the Spurs in support of my mom, because you got to support moms. I've been rooting for the Spurs for a long time. I like the Spurs. Never had an issue with the Spurs. Really like Kawhi Leonard. And they brought him onto this team. They fired their coach. They made all these changes to basically elevate this team to the NBA Finals, and they've succeeded. I thought they were going to the Finals at the beginning of last year when they got Kawhi. I did. I was like, I think these guys are going. I, I don't know if I said it on the Goldcast. I don't really you know talk about many other teams on the Goldcast, but I, I thought they were going to do it, and they have. So props, here we go. So I've been thinking about this now that it's here. I've been thinking about this matchup, and something that I've thought about having watched both series and watched the Eastern Conference series pretty closely, you know, really kind of paying attention and putting it under the microscope. The thing that really stuck out to me about both those teams was just the lack of offensive firepower. And I was saying this, I was saying this to everybody, and now I'm going to say it on the Goldcast. I just don't believe that Toronto has the offensive firepower to keep up with the Golden State Warriors. And I heard some great stats today that really back this up. So check this out. You may have heard this, you may have not, but this is fascinating to me. Golden State Warriors, this postseason, the number one team in offense this postseason, the number eighth ranked team in defense. The Raptors, the Raptors are the number one team ranked in defense the number eight team ranked in offense. These two teams are the complete inverse of one another. And if this was football, I would tell you guys right now, defense wins championships. But guess what? This isn't football. This is the NBA, baby. Offense wins championships. 
So even though I've heard those stats, I think it's fascinating. We're basically what we're about to see is we're about to see the number one offense in the play in the playoffs face the number one defense in the playoffs. And we're going to see who's going to win. But this is not football. This is basketball. And basketball is the most offensive driven sport in the world. It is a sport built around high octane offenses. And I just don't believe, while they may be able to slow down the Warriors, I don't believe the Raptors have enough offense to keep up with the Warriors. They just don't. So even though they can slow the Warriors down, they can't stop the Warriors. Nobody can stop the Warriors. And they don't have enough offense to catch up. So in my opinion, this is for sure... I think the Warriors are going to win. I just do. And I've heard some pundits saying that they think that the Raptors might win. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying that they want the Raptors to win. And fine, whatever. I get it. Everyone hates the Warriors. I, I totally get it. I do right now, for the first time, truly understand what New England fans go through. Because we all hate the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. We all hate the Patriots. And I love to hate the Patriots. It's a great feeling. But now... Everybody hates the Warriors. Everybody. They just hate us. Well, in fact, what's really interesting is that they have hated us until KD went down. And now everyone's talking about, oh, the Warriors are so fun again. Oh, look at the 2015 Warriors. Oh, look at the way they play. It's, you know, a time machine back to who they were. So fascinating. So, so weird how fans are. They, yeah, I get it. Analysts, everybody. I get it. Nobody wants us to win if KD's in. Everyone's fine with us winning if Katie's out because they also believe and everyone is praying. No matter, even if they don't say it, they want it. Everyone wants so badly for KD to leave and quit this team. So badly, which I think is ridiculous. They, they address this. Did you hear this? They address this in the media. KD talked about it. Steph talked about it, how everyone's always questioned the chemistry and people want so badly to kind of divide this team. And I hear it so much in the media. Man, people are just feeding upon this idea that Katie is going to leave. And can I propose something? What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't leave? Why should he? I don't want him to leave. I'll be honest. I don't want him to leave at all. I don't want KD to leave at all. I want him to stay. I want him to spend, I want them to sign, I want them to sign him to a $300 million, five year, six year contract. And just, he's in Golden State forever. I do. I just do. I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't want the best player there. I want the best players there and I want KD is the best player in the world. So I want KD there and I want him there for the rest of his career and I don't give a crap what anyone else thinks. I've said this to many other cities. So when the Giants lost in 2016 to the Cubs in the first round when we were back in the playoffs and we lost to the Cubs I remember telling all my Chicago friends, I'm like, I want nothing more than the Cubs to lose. Oh, really? Why? Why? Why do you want the Cubs to lose, man? Come on. It's been a hundred years. And this is what I told them. And you guys can steal this from me. I give it to you, my fellow Bay Area, San Francisco fans. I said, your city's inability to win is not my city's problem. That's what I said. Your city's inability to win is not my city's problem. It's just not. I'm not responsible for anyone else's city. I don't care if it's been 100 years 
since you won or lost a championship. I don't care. I told other people, so I, had, I had Lakers fans, Lakers fans of all people. God, they drive me insane right now. I had Lakers fans telling me, man, don't you want the NBA to be more fair? And I'm like, I don't care about fair. My city has one goal. My city's goal is to win as many championships as they can in the window that they have in front of them. That's my city's goal. I don't care about your city. I don't care about anybody's city. I only care about San Francisco. And if you were in our position, you wouldn't care either. You literally wouldn't care. All you would want is for LA to win a billion championships. You wouldn't care. And so I feel like we re-sign KD, and I don't think it is a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave. I don't. I don't see how this postseason has somehow predicted that, that they don't need him. He, they won 73 games without KD and then defeated his teams coming back from a 3-1 deficit in the second round of the Western Conference. Uh, KD already knew that the Warriors didn't need him. He didn't come here because they, quote-unquote, needed him. He came here because he wanted to be part of a system and he wanted to learn how to play basketball, what he said, you know, in a program that he thought was one of the best programs in the world after coming from a program that was not one of the best in the world, a program that did not capitalize on having KD, Harden, and Westbrook. I mean, enough has been said about that. I'm not going to go into that. But he came here for himself. So the Warriors have never needed him. So I don't understand why this postseason somehow proves that to him as if he didn't know that already. As I said, they won 73 games already without him. That's not a thing. He wasn't here for that because he thought they needed him. He was here because he wanted to be a part of this system. And I don't believe that this postseason has in, has in some way guaranteed that he's going to leave. I don't think that at all. If anything, I, I think it's still up, 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 and up for grabs. And I think he can come back. And I think he really might. I really do. I really do believe that the Warriors are going to sit there and throw everything on the table and say, hey, we want you back. Let's go. You know, a $300 million five-year contract, I don't see why that's off the table for him. I would love for him to stay here and retire here. I am adamantly for KD coming back. And anyone who says that the Warriors play better without him, they don't play better. They just play different. They, they don't play better. He's the best player in the world. There's no way you're going to convince me in a sport like basketball where one player is so pivotal that not having the best player in the world on your team is better for the team. I'm sorry. You're just never going to convince me of that. And they may play different. They play a different brand of basketball, but they're better with him. And I don't know if they necessarily need him for this series, but I want him back and I want him back forever. Anyways, so this Thursday, six o'clock, ABC, Warriors at Raptors, Tell me in the YouTube comments what you think is going to happen. Warriors in five, Raptors in five, Warriors in six, Raptors in six. You guys let me know. I want to hear your prediction. What do you think happens in this series? How many games does it go and who is going to be the winner? I, for one, cannot wait. I am so excited for this matchup. The number one offense against the number one defense, Kawhi versus Steph. Let's go. Now, don't forget, you can find us on youtube.com slash thegoldcast, twitter.com at the underscore goldcast. You can find me at 
Rudy Solis 3 on Instagram, at Rudy Solis 3 RD on uh, Twitter. You can find us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever popular podcasts are sold for free. You can find us there. So like, subscribe, comment, leave us a comment, do us a favor. Uh, Helps us in the algorithm if you put five stars on iTunes and say, hey, we like this podcast. So go onto iTunes, drop five stars, and help us out. Help promote this podcast. All right? So we'll be back Thursday after game one. Instant reactions will be on the pod here. And I have some special guests coming up. Ooh, some interviews, which we actually haven't done. Some interviews with special guests. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I can't wait. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but within the next two weeks, we will have some new guests coming on. First time ever. People within social media, within the media, within the 49ers, talking about our favorite teams. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III. And with me is you. Game one, NBA Finals, San Francisco's annual road trip to another title. Let's go. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast.